1: Welcome. Welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to doers, creators, entrepreneurs, hustlers, CEOs, innovators, people in and around the world that are in their thing. They're on their vibe. They're building something they believe in. Um, They're very passionate, driven, um, sometimes misunderstood, as many of you listeners know that sometimes the uh, creative journey is not always easily understood by everybody else around you on the way. And many of our guests that come on each week have had the very similar experiences as you have, because they, too, are constantly building on a vision and a dream. And no matter how successful they are or how many ventures they've done or what phase they're in, they're humans, just like any of us. Right. We're all having a human experience. And uh, this week will be no different. Uh, I'm really grateful to, to get this insanely busy person on. And we'll get there in a second Uh, i'm matt Gottesman. for those of you that are new i'm grateful to have you for those of you that have been around for a while we are a force a global community and i really really appreciate all of you guys the constant feedback the constant sharing of the content it really means a lot and i always appreciate the 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 input as well too and uh you know to continue to have you guys on this journey is, is great please continue to keep sharing it with everybody Appreciate you guys. Uh, if you guys want to reach out, you can reach me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, at H D F Magazine, and at Hustle Sold separately. Uh, at Matt Goddessman, will lead you to any of the other things I'm a part of as well. Too happy to have a conversation on anything. And uh, we're gonna jump right into it. And we're gonna talk about today how art can save your life, freedom of expression, my friends. And I've got just the perfect person for this, uh, sneaker Steve Patino. And I want to give you his background. Uh, I've been following this man for a minute um you know he's uh, connected to a couple of other guests that we've had on here as well and actually interestingly enough going through his bio i realized how much more connected we really are but I'll, I'll tell him that here in a minute uh and uh give you a little bit of a background on him um, he's a sneaker expert and 20-year fashion industry veteran i mean this man has seen it all been through it all and he's probably still thinking i'm still just getting started uh he's worked uh, as president of luxury footwear brand uh at android home you guys probably remember javier laval when he was on last year well uh, and Global Director of uh, Special Projects and Lifestyle Division for DC Shoes, you know, just a small company. Uh, and then during Steve's tenure at DC Shoes, the company sold over half a billion dollars in sales, and this was one of the biggest career and global experiences for him. Uh, he's also known as Sneaker Steve, grew up in New York City. What up, New York, my background. In the 80s and 90s, under tough conditions, dreaming about the sneaker and fashion industry. His first job was working at his local sneaker shop, working for free in exchange for sneakers and where he got his name from Sneaker Steve. So if any of y'all looking for jobs out there and you want to get into an industry you want to get into, that's how you do it. Uh, I tell people that actually all the time. Uh, And he's taken his relentless drive and passion um, into an illustrious career working with some of the biggest brands and stars in the world. And I want to list some of these off because it's uh, it's it's massive what he's done. He spent four years plus living in China first, you know, to to understand every detail of the footwear manufacturing process, and then spending time in Italy and Portugal to learn luxury manufacturing. So no excuses out there for anybody that really wants to go all in on something. And then throughout his career, his biggest celebrities and he's worked with biggest celebrities in music, film, sports have worn products that he has worked on: Jay Z, Kanye West, Nas, Justin Bieber, Kendrick Lamar, J Balvin. Made in Tokyo for LeBron uh, to James. Russell Westbrook and Lewis Hamilton, to name a few, right? Uh, Patino's products over the years have sold in the best retails in the world. Barney's New York, Harvey Nichols, Selfridges, Colette, uh, Kith, Dover Street Market. Um, and even astronaut Buzz Aldrin has worn his Android Ohm XG NASA collection, a collaboration sneaker is designed together with Daniel Bailey. You guys remember maybe him. He's one of the very first people I ever interviewed for HDF magazine back in the day. Uh, and they're now featured in museums globally. Uh, he's a graduate of NYU and Vassar College and was a valedictorian at LaGuardia Community College, lives in West Hollywood, California with his wife Samantha and son Grayson and Alessandro. And uh, Steve believes that art saved his life. I f- wholeheartedly believe in this and he is happiest about giving back now through Alice Gray and inner city arts organization and creating a positive example for current and future generations of business owners to create companies with a purpose. Uh, he also films his video podcast show "Kicking It" with Sneaker Steve, uh, where he interviews the biggest names in the sneaker industry on Sneaker Inc's channel and Fuel TV internationally. This man lives and breathes sneaker culture. Steve, Sneaker Steve, man, welcome to the show. I appreciate having you on.
0: Uh, yes, yes, I'm like super excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me and reaching out. Uh, it's it's definitely an honor and a pleasure.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, it was, it was great reading your, your bio, you know, talk about a, a dedication to, uh, an industry, to fashion, to a culture. Um, you know, you've really exemplified, uh, and, and also appear to be loving it the whole way too. I'm sure that there's been crazy moments, but like loving the, the, the journey of this. Um, you know, I always ask the first question is the same, right? Like walk us to how we got here today so we can understand a little more of the context. with, And then we're going to talk a about a lot more about like art and freedom of expression, like really what that does for us as well, too, as a whole. But you can go as far back as you want.
0: Well, yeah, thank you. I mean, this is something where I think it's really important. I tell a lot of people when I first meet them, the journey is really is important for them. And there's always been, there's about three to four things that have happened in my life that have really completely shifted them. You know, and just starting really early on, kind of like in the high school days. In high school days, I was just, that guy that was just obsessed with fashion and really honestly was coming into high school like every Monday morning, just killing it. Like honestly it was New York city fashion in the eighties and nineties was literally like war and you would just want to body people. It's like with your outfit. So it's just (laughs) honestly, you're walking through the hallways of class and you literally just want to kill people with your outfit. And that was it. I literally woke up with that mentality. Like I'm going to just body it. And um, through that kind of battle of fashion really breeds a lot of creativity. And then also, you know, when you're young and you don't have the money, you have to have a really personal sense of style, and style is really what sets you apart. Um, it's also what gets, you know, people looking at you for the first time, so you get attention at a very young age, which is, which is important, you know, in high school, and to be cool. So it was really an incredible time in New York City, and that was birthed, you know, really where – the epicenter of hip-hop was created. And at the same time of fashion being such a big thing, you have some of the biggest sports moments in in time. You know, you have Michael Jordan and and the Knicks and Patrick Ewing and uh, Charles Barkley and David Robinson, all these sneakers that that we've seen emulated um, that were just larger than life. You know, I I was just talking to a friend of mine from Queens from Amherst. He's like, yo, Steve, I saw you in 91 and 92 with the first David Robinson with the Air One Eighty pumps, you know, and having that sneaker for the first time, or having Jordans for the first time, or having Air Max Nineties for the first time, which a lot of people don't know—that's the first time, you know—you're looking at the one of the first times where Air is incorporated into a shoe. So imagine you're a kid growing up, and now all of a sudden your sneakers have Air, right. and you're just like, "Wow!" You know, there's just <laughs> larger-than-life moments where now it's just—it's kind of like just second nature, but to think about that air is put into your shoes. And um, it's just a really, really incredible time. And I think that because of that, being born in New York City during that that really, really special time of the birth of hip-hop, there was also another sense of entrepreneurship and DIY culture. And you look at what Mark Echo did with, with Echo, and you look at what FUBU did coming out of Queens. And me growing up in New York City, I always, even though I grew up a very poor kid, I was always in the thought process that it is possible because it was right in front of my eyes. It was literally 30 minutes train ride into Manhattan and all of a sudden you're just seeing billions of dollars of, of bustling New York City, Manhattan moving around. So that was really like the beginning and the birth of it. Uh, it was all graffiti and hip hop and sneaker culture and basketball. Um, that That's really where it all started. In the
1: early 90s you know uh, to me and that was a because so, i'm i'm part of that it was a very it was a very beautiful golden age as we as we call it <laughs> of that because I, I remember that, and i remember the david robinsons i had those too um you know and um and just that time that convergence where um you know mark echo and his his story and and how you know just really going to the clubs where like everybody was all hanging out when the artists really weren't artists yet you know, and just be like, hey, check out this t-shirt I just did after, like, being a mural on a wall. And, like, everything was just starting to fuse together, you know. So, culturally, it was such a uh, an intersection at that time. Um, so, I mean, that that being kind of your almost, like, initial education uh, into the... I mean, you got there, like, at the, the perfect time of, you know, what would go on to become... You know, it took some time <laughs> to catch on. But uh, what, you know, what has... How how is that like translated? How did that move you to like make the different decisions that you did um, to keep going? Um, because I feel like w- I still feel like you were an early adopter in, in the space, in my opinion, if, if you want to. Super mean, right? And so that's super early. That's yeah, not yeah easy, super early. right? That's not easy.
0: Well, I think it's because it was when you're young and you're hungry and the streets are what raise you you kind of do what the streets do, right? So just locally, I got lucky that the guys around me were some of the biggest uh, graffiti writers in New York City, you know, and, and because of them, so like my first company, Gauzy, that I was a part of and that was launched in like 92, early '8, actually like late 80s to like 92, and these guys went to high school with the owners of PNB. Um, mm. and also with my Deep. So going back into those days, these guys were like 18, 19. I was 14, but I was always a young hustler. I was always a salesman. So they would come in and, and really, like, say, hey, Steve, I got this idea, but I was a businessman. I was a very young entrepreneur. And I'm like, no, we're going to sell this. We're going to do this. I'm going to talk to the stores. I'm going to market it. I'm going to sell it at my store. So really learning from those guys and silk screening at our friend's house, shirts and having my mom and her friends literally cutting the labels off of like blank t-shirts and selling them on. It was, it was honestly like at 16 years old, I already had a company in the business. And by like 19 years old, we were already selling a Fred Siegel, um, in, in LA. And that's what brought me to the West coast. And then by like 21, 22, we were already selling a Bloomingdale's designer, uh, during the premium phase. So the, 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 that real, uh, that time I believe was one of the first times that showed the world you can do it, you know, like a young kid of color without money can do it. And it really was all about you just getting up, you know, it, it all started from like graffiti and the, the phase of being like an all city king or, or getting up and tagging your name and, you know, and showing who you are and creating products based off of that, you know, so we had a lot of examples Uh, during that time frame of how it could get done and I think that you're just young and naive and you kind of just do it you don't know how hard it is to actually have a (laughs) company and and, and launch a company you just kind of see people doing it so you do it and follow
1: yeah you know and being in the proximity of people that you were to uh you know is is the way to go like having having the proximity of people who at least even if they're figuring it out even before you (laughs) then you can tap into that but you know But I like what you said about, um, you know, the topic was art, you know, how art saved your life. And one of the things I like about it is that I think that what people don't realize, and there's a lot of, I think, different tangents we can go on with that. And I want to hear from you on this. But because uh, of your ability to just move, like you said, you're like, you know, you're a kid of color and you didn't have any money. You weren't trying to think about where you were at or what you did or didn't have, you just got up and moved. And that usually is what solves most people's problems for anything in their life. But it's hard for sometimes people to get out of their head um, and just move, right? I mean, that's, that's the, the, the deal. And, and so why I like this kind of concept of art saved your life is because it was something that, like, you know, it got you up and out and into movement. But I want to hear more about, like, how, that, how you feel like it transcended for you at different times and, and how that actually, like, you know, how you feel it saved your life.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in many ways, I think I can reflect back and look at it and, you know, talk about it in stages. So like during high school, art saved my life because my creativity in terms of sense of fashion and style, which is my artistic expression of myself through clothing and fashion. So that was one way. The second way was when I started working for Free for Sneakers, understanding that my ability to understand trends and what was cool, uh, which was my artistic sense of buying product for a sneaker store or a clothing store really allowed me to make money at a very very young age um, and me being able to understand that style and fashion was changing and how do I set my own path through the style or the clothing that I wear for myself but also what I bought for the store and how did that separate us from other stores and how do we break grounds and, and do things that that never were there is another way that art saved me. And the fact that I had a clothing line that brought me to California uh, and to be able to meet people uh, in California and SoCal during the whole skate emergence was really big because art saved my life in that sense as well. So that as I look back, it really becomes such a bigger arc in terms of my story and me being able to do that prior to the internet or e-commerce was even bigger. So the, the, the trends that we were forecasting were done before you can go online and see them. They were really just innately something that I saw and looked at as an opportunity that I was able to, to really exploit and allowed me to then travel the world and, and do what I did later on in, while, while my college years.
1: I feel like, um, we're blessed to be part of that interesting age group that had to hustle pre-social media, like real guerrilla marketing, street marketing. Um, but then it prepared us because by the time social media came, we we're like, Oh, I got this. <laughs> you know, It's like, I mean, it's a whole other beast and a whole other behemoth. But like, how, how, how do you think the, uh, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about what, like what the internet allows us to do now um, with our art and creativity and our our products and our services,
0: oh, it's incredible. I think it's something that that I embrace every single day. I mean, me and you connected through social media, right. Probably if it wasn't that, I probably wouldn't be connected to you. you know, like uh, I think that it's right now, it's the way of the world. Technology is just moving faster, and social media allows companies or people to connect with people that they'd never connected before, and it makes things so much easier, you know for me to be able to be on a podcast uh, over a phone line or communicate by dm to japan or through a whatsapp group uh or communicate to my team every single sense of the of the word of what technology has done has enabled us and empowered us to do more and i think that if you do it in in the correct way in the smartest ways possible uh it it'll, it'll help you because we didn't have that you know and you you raised a good point which is like we are we're part of the era um that didn't have and didn't grow up with the digital. So we understood what it was to actually do something or how hard it was and, and the steps it was. So I use that to empower me to say, look, I've learned processes that uh, will make me stronger because I understand what it really takes and at the same time, learn from where the future of technology is so that I don't have to go through that. So I, and, and really be able to reset my thinking and my mind and working uh, smarter and not harder because and embracing the, the technologies that are out today.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, the the, the social media and the internet world allows us to communicate um, limitlessly more than ever before. Uh, you know, yeah, we, you and I, we met through social um, mutual points of contact and and friends, and uh, <laughs> and it, and it's interesting how the world can manifest for you even more stronger with the internet because you can say, I, you know, I want to I want to have a presence in Japan who do I know over there? Like, let, let's uh, let's have some conversations and just like that on the DM, WhatsApp, uh, you know, or Telegram. <laughs> You're like part of whole communities before you know it. Um, and I think the state of the way people can move now is is so fast. Um, you know, talk, let's talk a little bit about Alice Gray. I, I, I want to get more of, you know, how that transpired, how do, how did that come into play and, and why you chose to do that? Um, because, uh, you know, I want I want our audience to know a little bit more about that.
0: Sure. You know, with Alaska, is is really a combination of my whole career. And after 20 years of being in the industry, or really over 20 years, I really wanted to create a company with purpose. And with Alaska, which is named after my son, Grayson Alessandro, it's really about creating a dedication or homage to future generations. And in studying macroeconomics and looking at the year 2030 and beyond, I really looked at that young consumers only want to be a part of or buying brands that are about fixing the future. And I want to be able to be a part of that uh, in terms of a company that you know that's proactively fixing the future for future generations of children. So we provide uh, donations to the Inner City Arts Organization here in Los Angeles to kids that don't have the resources, that don't have arts in their schools, and really allowing them to have the opportunity to have that creative spark at an early age, so that art can save their life. And hopefully, the what my wishes are is that one student or two students or hundreds of students can then, or thousands of students can then create careers for them, for their lives, for their families, because at an early age they've been able to create and see what their uh, skills are or what their superpowers are. Uh, in terms of creative art and expression.
1: You know, I'm glad you bring that up because I think that that narrative has to happen more in schools in general. I, I, the system to me, well, I think the system has been long broke, but I mean, we're not going to play the blame game, the victim game <laughs> or anything like that, but I mean... Sure, yeah, I, that's a you, whole nother... <laughs> you know, but but I mean, um, being able to have those open conversations with students to say like, look, you can be a shoe designer, you can be a mural artist <laughs> you can be a graffiti artist well i mean you know just have a have an alias <laughs> you know? but uh yeah. you know or you could you know uh make video content and you know interview people around the world and you know whatever it might be i i think that narrative needs a, needs a change i mean um what are your thoughts about that i mean how do you do you foresee that happening more i mean i know that's on our part to help instill that um, because that, I think that that's how we also grab their attention and also let them know that they're being heard. Like, hey, we see you. We see what's going on um, because we kind of helped initiate. We're part of the start of that whole revolution, <laughs> uh, you know, given our age. But like, but we see you, and we want to allow for that healthy conversation for you to feel open to create. Um, what are your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, I think they need to see it more. You know, I think the more that they see faces that look similar to them the more that they'll see that it's realistic and that there is an opportunity. And I think that the more that we help them and show them that it is possible and that you can actually create a a very profitable and illustrious career doing what you love, I think that's the most important. And for them, uh, what I really... My ultimate goal is that they just have a shot, you know, because maybe they don't want to be artists, but they at least have a shot. They have a shot to say, hey, look, I did this, I tried this, and maybe some of them do, and maybe some of them do have opportunities. And later down in life, they could see where this career path or or different types of ways for them to do and express themselves in the arts, and arts, whether it be design, dance, music, because the arts encompasses all of the arts, or yeah. theater, or acting, Um that for them really is is a massive opportunity at a young age to really tap into their creative sides, which will benefit them ultimately as they become young adults and
1: and actually full adults in society. And you'll be right there waiting to help uh, give them some internships. <laughs> right, and we have, and actually, we we yeah. The, the the
0: other part of the company with the last year, which I think is is really beautiful, is that not only do we give to the organization, which 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 helps the kids from from grade school on to high school, but we also started hiring kids at a young age after they have graduated through their uh, the graduate art programs to actually design for us and and also get paid. So we create a social commerce side to the business. So we actually pay the students to, to design so that they understand the value of their art at a young age and also understand what it is to work under a big organization. Uh, and then and secondly, also understand that we're giving back to the actual overall organization and seeing that together, um, I believe has been very, very powerful and beautiful.
1: Mm. Did you, did you have, you know, any mentors along the way as well for you? Like, or just people and and also like maybe just people that you really admired that you felt like in whether, uh, closely or, you know, from afar you were learning from that really. Yeah. I mean,
0: honestly, I think for me, I had so many, you know, uh for different reasons you know like for me growing up um at in queens you know i would see my local guys um going and, and doing things you know like being able to do graffiti and do all this stuff and like was amazing you know at a very very young age and then at the same time you know you would look up to like big uh athletes and see what they were doing cuz i grew up playing basketball um, so I was very connected to basketball growing up in Queens and it was a big part of my, my, childhood. And then going into college, seeing young entrepreneurs at a very early age, being successful. And then friends of mine who had started these clothing lines, you know, now getting investors and making their brands international and doing multi-million dollars in sales and, and being able to go to showrooms to say, Hey, look, I know where my friends started and now they're making multiple millions of dollars doing what they're doing on the East Coast and West Coast brands. So was very inspired by that. And then after that, in college and meeting people that were already in business and doing it in the industry, whether it be fashion or publishing, seeing what they were doing and helping them really like uh, understand what I was doing and then really getting advice from them, which was massive, because some of that advice changed my life forever. Uh, being able to to see and and have people that would actually help me and guide me really really changed my life while, while I was in college.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's some of the some of the most important things that anybody can do, and and at any stage, at any stage, and at any age, is that like um, having that the go to people that can give them appropriate guidance, you know, and 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 lead them through uh, through the journey a bit. Uh, what, um, you know, what were some of the lessons that you, you kind of had to learn in, um, in, in some of the ventures that you've done? Um, We'd love to think that it's smooth sailing the whole way. <laughs> you know. I mean, maybe, it, maybe it was, I, I don't know. But I mean, but I know that there's always something new to be, to be learned. And, you know, what, what was one of like one or two of the things that, you know, you learned that you, you really, you hadn't thought of until that moment. You're like, I mean, and that happens often, but like you, something that was really profound that you're like, wow, you know, I'm glad I learned it. But, I didn't see that coming.
0: Well, I think the, the the biggest one I always say that I learned, I always tell this to my story, was a, a woman by the name of Elena Romero, who was the youngest female and the first female uh, editor for DNR magazine, which was a Fairchild publication, which is kind of like the WWD of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an NYU graduate. I was going to NYU. And when I was going to build DC Shoes for the first time uh, for doing consulting for them, i didn't know what to charge you know a friend of mine was uh uh one of the creative directors of footwear and he had brought me on board he knew how how much dc shoes we were selling in my store in queens and it was really an an anomaly it was just something no one else had done before selling that kind of volume out of a non-traditional skate store so uh, after that when she told me what i should charge for my hourly rate really changed my life forever because you know, me thinking I can just charge uh, a small couple hundred bucks for my fee, um, she literally just, you know, ripped me a new asshole, <laughs> And I was just I was like, Steve, what the fuck? Are you crazy?
1: Mm-hmm. She was
0: like, you have no idea your value. You are giving these guys millions of dollars of advice. They are going to take this information and going to make so much money off of it. And you have no idea. Like, this is not what you charge. This is what you charge. And, you know, me being young and and not knowing, you know, my value. And I think that's why it's so important that I pay the young kids for their art now is because me understanding my value at that point, literally that one conversation which literally took five or ten minutes. It was just a phone call. I remember I was walking down the city uh, in the rain. And that five or ten minutes, just that advice uh, shifted my pay scale for the rest of my life. And it created opportunities for me and my family that I would have never had. Mm. just from one conversation, from knowing that that was what my value was worth. And I think so many kids um, right now, they don't know. They don't, they just think that they know stuff, but they don't know what the equivalent of the dollar value and the power that they have with that information. So I think that was one of the biggest um, shifts or changing points in my life.
1: That's true. You know, the, the conversation of value needs to be had, um always because whether we 're younger we 're um quasi experienced very experienced um the knowing of your value and self worth is one is one aspect of it, and then the other aspect of is you know the it 's not you know I remember at times with with consulting with big brands um i i didn 't always know what to charge you know and I, there were times like i i i mean i i completely undervalued it undervalued it knowing where, uh, you know, not really sure, like, what would they be, you know, comfortable with, et cetera? And then, you know, bringing, but then bringing immense value in execution, which is the hard part for a lot of people is the execution. I wouldn't want to just come as a consultant, like, this is what you should do. It was like, no, here's what you should do. By the way, here's all the people to do it. Let's make this happen now. But it wasn't until I, you know, I got challenged by a few people to be like, no, you have to really charge what you're worth, because without you, where they'll just remain the same. You know, and they need what you have. And there has to be an exchange, given the fact that, you know, you're not necessarily working for them. But how do you I think it's a good, good question to ask is how do you deal with that? How do you I mean, I luckily had somebody do kind of something similar to what what you did. Um, You know, uh, how do you if you were to give a person a piece of advice about their value? Um, especially since you're teaching them at a younger age, especially what a great way to, to help them at starting at a younger age. But in general, how do you how do you start that conversation around value?
0: Yeah, I think it's really a couple of things. I think now it's way easier because you can just Google it. You can okay. say, I am doing this for this, for this size company, what should I charge? And literally come up exactly, specifically to that. So right now it's very, very different. Um, and then secondly, I think it's just, uh, three advices one two is ask people who are actually doing it that's two, and then the three is follow the winners and look at who are the people that are winning in that circle or uh in that air specific area where you're charging that are doing good and follow them. you know try to reach out to them, ask them if you can if they are your friends, and really figure out what what your value is. Based on what your proposition is to the client, you know, or or to the customer, or to your own company,
1: right? You know, and and also, uh, I love it. You're actually right. You can literally Google anything, like consult for such and such company, type of company. Literally, what do you charge? Yeah, yeah.
0: medium sized company with 20 employees, with 10 million dollars in revenue. How much do I charge? And it'll, it'll come up. So it's like, yeah, it's a very different time right now.
1: Right. And, uh, but, uh, but I, 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 agree. And, you know, I like the fact that too, um, I think that, I think we're also, you know, that transparent conversation also needs to happen. Like with, so with uh, depending on, I, mean, I guess, like where the, the level of the, the person's character's at <laughs> that you're trying to consult with, but like, but being open said, listen, you know, let's have a conversation about where are you at financially, where are you at with, um, you know, what are you hoping to gain out of this relationship? Um, what, you know, what are our goals here that we're setting out to do? How much is that worth for you guys? You know, I think all those, the ability to be able to have an open conversation like that, um, which goes back to, you know, honesty and, and intention and direct, you know, being directed, directness. So, um, you know, I, I completely agree with you. Um. What uh, what do you think are some of the things that you've learned the most from collaborating with some of these other artists? Some like maybe areas that just kind of elevated your game that, um, you know, took some things to a new new heights. You know, it was funny. I, I, I loved your uh, post uh, no, stories the other day where um, you had like the circle, the crew, if you will, of, of different people all with the, the phone and taking the, the, the pictures. Um, and what a great circle of people that you're around in general um, that are all highly dedicated to um, fashion and sneaker design. Um, what have been some of the things that you've learned the most from collaborating with some of them?
0: Well, I think, you know, the things that, that I learned the most about collaborating is just the experience of learning how other people think mm. and what they do. Um, so really, I think in the, in, the, in the biggest and easiest form is just learning. You know, you have the experience, the fact to, to, to be able to, you know, even feel what it is to shake, you know, <laughs> LeBron Jean's hand. Right. <laughs> no, it's just like right. you got to experience that. Like very few people in the world have that chance, you know, um, or thank him, or 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 be able to, you know, what it is to get the approval of of working with some of the most elite companies in the world and what that is like, and and really the experience is the biggest opportunity in learning because sometimes you think in your mind that sometimes the biggest things are the hardest and what I've found is actually which is great for, for people listening is that some of the easiest. Some of these things that I've created, like these big, unsurmountable, like just huge walls around because it's like, oh it's, it's mystical. You know, it's like, oh my God, I'm never good that's like but that when that happens, that's gonna be like the most toughest or and it's been the easiest and smoothest. And you're just like, wow man, you know, the the world is is really cool and it's not it's not these things that some of you put in your head these barriers that you put in your head and like I think like in the beginning you said we're just all human we're all humans figuring it out with our experiences and and then the other side is that when you do get to another league you know at this league that we're in which is with the with the elite the top and the best in the world you really see how much people that actually do do they do they don't do it by not getting out of bed. They do it by getting out of bed, by thinking, by doing, uh, by action. And when you start to meet these kind of people, you're just like, wow, yeah. okay, I need to even step up my game that much more <laughs> if I want to be there because it's not happening by, by just thinking. You know, it's really happening by, by doing and thinking and, and, and working smart and reverse engineering what your life, what you want it to be. So it's, it's really, I think, that those are some of the things that I've learned from these experiences
1: man you brought up so many powerful points it, it's true um, I love my circle and they keep going bigger and bigger and I'm like I love you guys but damn <laughs> you know, like you will never. which I, I love it because then I'll never I will never well first of all the comfort zone is a very uncomfortable place for me to be in I don't do well there in a comfort zone I I don't <laughs> so so being around um, bigger leagues and bigger people who are also really purpose driven like they're purposeful they're so intentional with what they're doing yeah. that yeah. is so impactful to me because I can feel that energetically I can feel that and be like that that's what I admire that's what I feel and that's what uh, motivates and inspires me um, and so I like that you you brought that up and you're right they they don't they don't get to the, that league and stop working because I feel like they're in a more intention driven place they got to that league because of their intention of, like, no, this is my life. Exactly. Right? You know? Like, this, 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 like you love to do this stuff. Like, I, it, it, it comes through. It really does come through your content, man. Like, energetically, uh, through social media, um, you're like, you're <laughs> when you do some of these posts, I'm going to still see a kid from Queens excited about something like it's day one, but with a 20-year-plus you know, run. And, yeah, it's funny you right. say that
0: because that's a quote I got from Puffy. And Puffy said, he said, treat every day like it's your first day on the internship.
1: Mm.
0: Right. And to this day, I, I still walk through halls. I still go through life just being that very first day guy, like polite and listen and, you know, do my best to do my best and really not take for granted the opportunity in the day um, and not let my ego get in the way by saying, you know, I am this 20-year-old veteran. No, literally, like, and I believe that, and I could, you know, share this with listeners, is that you can choose who you want to be from a success and and, um, being able to work with some of the greats, like I was the consultant for Universal Music Group Latino, uh, when Jay Balvin first came to the, to the industry. And being able to work with Jose in the beginning stages was incredible. And seeing where his trajectory and his career has rocket-shipped over the last four to five years as being the number one streamed artist on Spotify from like five years ago doing his first opening show at like this little small venue at LA Live <laughs> is just incredible. And seeing how humble and how beautiful of a person he is still and just so genuine and and knowing the difference between who the J Balvin is and who Jose is, is something that I emulate, you know, and I want to be like, you know, I want to make sure that no matter how high, how successful I get, that I still don't forget who Steve Patino is, you know, and just a great humble human being and Sneaker Steve is the character and then Steve Patino is the person and not forgetting the difference and making sure that I continue to stay humble Um, and those are the beautiful things that you learn because sometimes you wouldn't think that to be that successful in, in so many areas of your life, you kind of have to be, uh, you know, as some people might say, or some people would throw terms on, you got to be a dick, you got to be an asshole, you got to do what you got to do, you know, you got to be cutthroat and it's not true. And I think that for me, it's more about showing that. And I think that the more that I am who I am, which is innately me and only I'm the only person that can be that and be me that it resonates with people like yourself. Cause you read that story and you, and you read the vulnerability and you read the humbleness and you read it and you're just like, wow, you can be like that and win. And I think that that's very important for me to, to share to the world.
1: Well, you know, I think, um, that the vulnerability is the long game. Um, choosing to be that now and authentically whole in yourself. And it's also to your point earlier about macroeconomics, that's going to win. That's what's going to be winning the game like in 2030 and, and beyond. It already is now in my opinion, but only, and I mean that because like, I think people are worn out. I think people are worn out with the other conversation of like, you gotta be cut You gotta be this, you gotta be that. Yeah. But you're waking up feeling like shit. And not only are you can, you know, you can feel it, you can see it, it's, you know, in a transparent world we live in, like, I can see it, you don't you you say you're happy, but you don't look it, you know, like, when people behave in that, that, that capacity. And I feel like the, um, the opposite, which is the side you're talking about the side we we play and we believe in is expanding so far and so fast. um, Now, because we're all gravitating towards that, that uh, ideology. And, um, and I just, I think that, yeah, I think that vulnerability keeps us hungry, um, for pursuing our passion and our purpose, um, and allows us to stay grounded in the process. Um, because we're, we're human, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Like you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're just a soul man. Just trying to, you know, trying to, uh, lead with that intention, that purpose and, and grow something we really believe in, you know, but I think that's really cool about too, about what you're saying about with Jay Balvin and, uh, um, it is. It, it's interesting to see, um, as you see people take off as well, too, how, um, like, to your point, Jose and Jay Balvin or Sneaker Steve and Steve Patino are, like, are really still, like, one and the same. It's just that it's an expanded version, you know? But you, you mix those two, like, the, the character and, and the passion. So, I mean, like, does the line end in one place and begin another, or is it just, like, universal? I think it depends on where I'm at. Okay. You know, there's some
0: places when I walk in and they want to meet Sneaker Steve. Right. You know? Got you. I got you. <laughs> and, then, and then there's some places where it's just, you know, it's me. And, yeah. uh, you know, and and that's cool. And it's cool. And I got to be that, you know. And, and, I, and I love it. And I, that's why I kept the name for so long.
1: Right. Fair enough, True. That's true. would <laughs> be like, yeah, no, no. I just want to chop it up with sneakers right now. Give, give me Sneaker Steve real quick. You know, I <laughs> That's amazing. What, uh, what, do you got, what do you have coming up? What's, uh, you know, and what's going on with this launch right now? I mean, uh, like, let everybody know.
0: Yeah, so right now we are in season one. Uh, it's incredible to even say that the company, to the market, it's only been in the market six months. And it is the fastest success uh, that I've ever accomplished in my life. Uh, it is an absolute dream come true to have Barneys New York as our partners in the United States. Uh, Luisa Roma in Italy, and Barneys Japan uh, for the official launch of, of Las Gray globally. Um, going into fall, which is happening really quickly, in July we're gearing up uh, for our first official launch in the UK. So we're going across the pond and we're launching uh, together with Trowoski. We're doing a, a huge pop-up in the Oxford Street store in Selfridges, which is just an incredible dream come true. Uh, for me to be launching there. Then we're launching with Choice in the UK. We're doing window displays, all for the brand um, with Trowoski as well, so we're launching a really big way there. Then we're gearing up. We ju- I just got back, landed uh, less than forty eight hours ago from Paris. It was the biggest show of our life. We showed our third collection, and the reaction was incredible. Um, we're going to be launching with Harrods and Estimation, and had incredible meetings with Hankyu and uh, Barneys in New York and Selfridges and Barneys in Japan. I mean, just the biggest luxury retailers in the world, um, including Lucifer Roma, is just the absolute dream come true um, for a young brand going into there. Literally, uh, we've been in the market six months and going into our third collection is just it's something that doesn't happen. You know, um, it's, sometimes it takes companies eight to 10 years to do that, which we're doing in our first year. So I'm just so excited, so blessed, uh, and so thankful for all of the, the support. And we're doing something really special with the brand. We're creating incredible, unique product. We're embracing technology that's never been done before. And we have the support of companies that are wanting to launch as first with grade, which is like, just insane to even say <laughs> they're choosing us to be the first so i'm really really excited and you know we had our first big viral moment and that moment that you talked about you referenced that circle of friends just happened completely organically you know where i'm i'm standing at the end of the at the rude fashion show in paris and i'm talking with josh who's the ceo of stock x and we're talking about product and all of a sudden you know, my, my good friends uh Don C and Ivan Jasper, um, who are if people don't know are are really part of Kanye and Virgil's clique. They're they're the original guys, the four guys. Ivan Jasper's name is the one that Kanye named the Louis Vuitton sneaker after. And Don C of course has done sneaker collaborations with Nike and Converse, uh, et cetera, you know, and and it's just Don brand with Mitchell and Ness and just done so much and seen so much between Virgil and Kanye and those four guys. So I know them for 15, 20 years, and they see me wearing the sneaker, uh, which is our new Mars Falcon shoe, and which is actually the outsole designed by Daniel Bailey, who you know, and they lose it. They just, like, literally, like, they're staring at me, and I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> like, what are they looking at? They're looking at my shoes, of course, and they come up to be like, yo, Steve, what the fuck? What are those?
1: What? <laughs> literally, come on.
0: What What do you got on your feet, bro? And then I, I, you know, as you do with your friends and your homies, I go down and I literally I pop up in the, you know, the wings of the shoes. And they're like, whoa, 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 do that again. The sh- I was like, the shoes got wings? So I'm like, yo, bro. I was like, yo, we're going into the year 2020. I'm like, yo, we got to fly, man. Like, mm-hmm. and then I showed them and then I said, yeah, and, and they changed color with solar power. And I took up my phone and I used the light to show that and the, the, the shoes started turning blue in front of them using this new UV uh, solar power technology from Italy. And they're just like, holy shit. So what you captured, I didn't know. A friend of mine who's a big tech investor and, and luxury brand investor is documenting. So he's taking pictures of this whole thing happening. I had no idea. It's just me literally talking to my friend. But the difference is that happens to be Don C. Iben and uh, Josh, CEO of StockX. They're all three... Cameras in hand, videoing me while I'm showing them my shoes, and then posting it. So they basically leak the shoe during Fashion Week for the first time to the world. Mm. And those guys, if you know, oh, yeah. those are the guys who leak the shoes most of the time for Kanye. Sometimes the first time you'll see it, like a easy Yeezy shoe through in, first time you'll see a Don, you know, a shoe from Virgil will be for Louis Vuitton, it will be through Don C. So the world knows that those they're leaking product, and we had. It was completely organic, completely viral, uh, completely just friends doing what friends do, and just loving the love for sneaker culture, and it was beautiful. And I actually, and I, and it was such an incredible moment that I stopped them, wh- right after, him, like, "Yo, bro, like, like for me." And it just shows me, like, me, I was completely vulnerable at that point. I was like, "Yo, guys, you have no idea how happy this makes me." And more importantly, it makes me happy that we're still fucking kids at high school. Mm. We're still like kids that saw your boy with something new. And Donnelly was like, yo, this shit is like when you come through with a new pair of J's and you're in high school. And I was just like, I just kind of like hugged and congratulated us that we're still in that space. After we've seen so much and done so much, we're still just guys loving sneakers and supporting our friends. And they were like, yo, that's what it's all about. And we just gave each other a pound and walked away and then, then it's just incredible. I, <laughs> it, was just, it was one of those moments that I'm like, you know, you just, you can't make that stuff up.
1: No. And you
0: can't even pay for something like that. That's just so incredible. So
1: it was a beautiful
0: moment that, that just happened.
1: And you don't have to pay for something like that. Not when you what? not when you, when you, you're committed to the, the long game and the journey, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's 20 plus years in the making, you know? um for yeah. for a viral piece of content oh, and not even because you know I mean I know in this fast paced world we live in where everybody wants it like kind of like if I pay and it does this but like the organic is still the organic organic is still that kind of like you know that beautiful you know, moment. It's like when Will Smith posts somebody that's like, never been yeah. seen before, and <laughs> I literally—it's become a thing where like, I now actually like go to the person he posted and I'm like, all right, let's watch this rise. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I do the same. I do the same.
0: It's, it's the most random person. They have like, they started with like four thousand followers, and then now all of a sudden, like two
1: like, million. <laughs> yeah, change, yeah, 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 change their life. Yeah. I think that's phenomenal that he does that too. You know, everybody. I, I think that that's great that your friends did that, especially not and just because of just just. A bunch of guys that you're close with that came to your side and were happy for you and like and genuinely into your product that you created um yeah i saw that and i was like man and I'm, I'm familiar with all those guys i mean phenomenal people in the industry i'm I'm actually hoping that like when complex con does the um you know the top 10 sneakers of of 2019 i'd like to see you in there i'd like to see that sneaker i would in love there, that right i think yeah that-
0: i would love with well, the shoes for 2020 but i believe that I'm going to, I'm going to vow for that spot. And, you know, I've talked to my people internally that I would love to be uh, mentioned in like footwear, news, but more from a philanthropic standpoint and shoes that change the world, you know, and, and, you know, I do shoes and fashion. We do our ready to wear collection as well. And basically just uh, a company that changes the world for a positive Mm. through luxury sneakers and fashion. And that's our big, initiative that's my big vision with the less gray is that we become a vehicle for artists and celebrities and, and just people in the industry with a lot of power to create luxury items that they can change the world with for a positive i uh by us giving you know a a, a huge percentage of proceeds even 100 percent of proceeds on some products I think that, that can go to good
1: i think that's phenomenal man i, I it actually it, it it hits a lot of areas with me i um my my um, introduction into the luxury side came through Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy on the Moet Hennessy side with Krug champagne, and um, I learned so much from Olivier Krug about um, the purpose of a of a brand, especially when you're a luxury brand. And at that you know, he was saying like we're because they were you know they were thinking about things with digital, and, and they said you know Matt we're we're one of the last real premium 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 elite brands that really you know digital still new to us. This is back in 2011. He's like, digital still new to us. But, um, he, he, he's like, I want you to understand something. He's like, the brand will always come down to the people you do it for always. Hmm. And, uh, he's like the, the industry and there can always, there can always be noise out there, but always know who you're doing it for and why you're doing it. And that connection is your, your guiding, you know, um, path like in and sticking to that and i never forgot that like because that that and that led into like how i got all these other gigs with like you know someone with like little luxury brands because <laughs> like yeah do all that you know how you're into like the digital and the internet and the marketing and, like you know and, but you you kept the preservation of the brand you know, do that with us. <laughs> you know? And they'd be like, yeah. "How did you figure that out?" I'm like, "That's you know what?" I was like, "This man, like in Champagne, France, sat me down and yeah. he said, sat literally, yeah.' Me, I you mean, know? Those, those, are the,
0: those are the experiences <laughs> right? and your career created. Those experiences for you to
1: hear those words. You know, and and so, but when you say, you know, I, I love the fact that um, because I I think purpose when you drive that purpose in there, it can do so much, especially because you have a luxury product, but a t- but so closely tied to culture. And when you tie something so closely to culture, impact is imminent. Like it can happen so expansively and so fast uh, in the right capacity that uh, you know you can do anything. And uh, and yeah, yeah. and
0: and to add to that, culture plus real life events. Yes. So it becomes part of reality. So culture takes years, or could take something that, that I don't think culture ever stops or finishes. You know, it's just something that continually morphs, but. You take a hurricane or disaster or an earthquake or a disease that's happening or homelessness or poverty or or, or things that are happening within child, up, you know, like just crazy stuff that's happening, that's happening now. Like you can change that right now. And we're spending millions of dollars and billions of dollars on, on products every day and we can change that right now through a new narrative or through a new vehicle. And that's what excites me. That's, that's the big vision for the brand.
1: Amen. Amen. Where, um, where can everybody find out about the brand right now online? AlessGrey.com, at AlessGrey, that's A-L-E-S-G-R-E-Y,
0: uh, on Instagram. And you can go, if you're in the United States, Barneys New York.
1: Boom. Everybody listening, go immediately follow this man online. Steve Patino, Sneaker Steve, at Sneaker Steve on Instagram, at Alice Gray on, on Instagram. Uh, you heard it here first. I'm telling you it's going to be in the top. I'd like to see it in the top five, if not you know, one or two, on uh, <laughs> Complex Cons, uh, uh top <laughs> sneakers. Uh, yeah, like I, I, I firmly believe in, see, the best part about a podcast is, first of all, this is heard by people all over the world and uh, hundreds of thousands of people weekly. <laughs> so I'm just wow. putting that I'm just putting that out there as to like let's uh, let's uh, I want the votes out there on the shoe, but um, everybody you know go listen to there. Um, I mean go go follow the brand and 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 you know really support it too um, because this is also about supporting a purpose um, and not just uh, enjoying it from a, a cultural aesthetic. Uh, and uh, Steve, uh, you know the the um, podcast is a journey driven podcast, so I always welcome the guests back on any time you want to come back on three months from now, six months, a year. Like you want to talk about any other subject matter or something new coming out, uh, you know you're welcome back on at any time. Thank you so much, and thank
0: you to the listeners. And any, uh, you know, I encourage you guys if you guys liked it, if you be good, you, you took anything good, tidbits of information, just let me know, DM me or put a drop a comment on a less gray or on, on my page on sneaker steve and just say hey steve i really was affected by this in a positive way i really enjoyed it it really goes a lot and i do read the messages so thank you so much
1: I you know what i'm telling you man i'm telling you they're loyal following they are a they are a tribe for sure like you put up a put, it put up put I'll, well i'll send you like all the uh the promo stuff for all this whatever but it's it's funny because the moment you put it up they like they'll they'll flock to it. You'll see you'll see watch you'll see the test and just be like they're gonna comment on the wall. They're gonna like they, they, I'm excited. Yeah, they do. I'm they, really excited. They really do. And uh, and kick back for just a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna connect with you here uh, right after we uh, come out here with the credits. But uh, everybody listening at Sneaker Steve, Sneaker Steve, Sneaker uh, Steve Patino, um, You know Alice Gray, his his new brand, his new product line, uh, shoes, luxury footwear with a purpose, luxury um, uh, uh, apparel with a purpose. I should really say. And uh, doing amazing things. Um, and, uh, you know, some of a few, you know, real key takeaways here is that, like, you know, when you, when you don't be afraid to follow your calling, you know, like it, it's okay. And don't be afraid to, to follow the people who are in your calling so you can learn from them and be guided along the way. And, uh, you know, create and move and, and all that allow the things that you can't see in scope right now come into scope. Especially much quicker. The more you can actually just move in that that body without um, thinking too much and getting in the head too much, because that can happen as well. Uh, appreciate our global tribe. You guys are amazing. Please, uh, not just uh, you know, make sure you comment not just on our wall, but on, on uh, Steve's wall as well too um, on his Instagram. He is he's he's good with the DM. I always I always preach to all of you. You can reach out to anybody you want in the DM and align with you know your your tribe, your 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 global creators any way you want to. Um, but please let us know how we're doing. Please keep sharing us. Please keep rating and reviewing us. We appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's all love over here. and We're, we're very grateful. Uh, so for this week's uh, Hustle Sold severely we are out.